No matter what happens the next couple of months, this class will be remembered as the signing class that changed the perception of South Carolina's football program. Today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss today's men's basketball matchup between South Carolina and Western Kentucky on the SEC Network right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and I thank you once again for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. The excitement is palpable around the city of Columbia right now, around the entire fan base of South Carolina's football program, because South Carolina just signed almost every single high school prospect they have committed on Wednesday, the first day of the early National Signing Day period. It was a monumental day for South Carolina. And when it comes to this recruiting class, the 2023 recruiting class, Again, no matter what happens with Nicholas Harbour's recruitment, maybe even the Norris Sellers recruitment, which we'll, of course, address later on today's show, this class is going to be the class that people are going to look back on and say, this is when South Carolina solidified the change in the trajectory of their program. Obviously, ever since Shane Bieber took the job here at South Carolina, the Gamecocks have been trending on the up and up, both on and off the field. But up to this point, it still has kind of felt like that South Carolina is, again, just one of those feel-good story teams. You know, they've gotten a couple nice upsets here and there, even though those upsets were against two top 10 teams. It still kind of feels like that South Carolina isn't really garnering enough respect yet to where people look at them as a legitimate contender in the SEC East, a team that can start to challenge Georgia in the next couple years. But if there's any SEC East team right now that's putting themselves in the best position to go up against the Bulldogs in the near future, it's South Carolina. And if that's going to happen, it's going to be because of this 2023 recruiting class, which is considered to be the program's best class in at least a decade or more. And there's a few different reasons why this is the case. Firstly, you have to look at what South Carolina got in this class. And the thing that jumps out to everyone that looks at this class on paper is the amount of talented guys that the Gamecocks got in the trenches on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. The defensive line class, in my opinion, has got multiple players that are going to end up playing in the NFL one day. Desmond Umiyo Zulu is the first guy that really jumps out to me. I know Xavier McLeod gets a lot of notoriety with his recruitment and his talent, and I think while that's well-deserved, Desmond Umiozulu's got the best chance to really be that potential first-round draft pick out of this group. He's got great technique and athleticism, and I think he's got a chance to compete for a starting job in year one. Xavier McLeod, extremely explosive in the middle of the defensive line, extremely quick twitch, is a guy that when he just gets a few moves in his arsenal once he gets to the college ranks, once he gets here in Columbia and can be coached up by Jimmy Lindsay, the interior defensive line coach, Xavier McLeod is going to make a big impact here. Xavion Hardy, great athlete with a real high motor. And I'll, of course, talk about his situation with his potential signing later on today's show. Elijah Davis 
is going to be bringing some college experience. He's the only guy out of this group that is bringing that because he played some junior college ball at East Mississippi Community College, a powerhouse in that classification of college football from the last few years. And of course, you got Montague Rames out of Manning High School, who is fantastic at diagnosing plays and has a lot of rush defense prowess, which is something that the Gamecocks defensively have still got to try to get better in. They still got to grow in that aspect in the Clayton White's defense. So, and Montague Rames is going to play a big part in helping the rush defense get better next season. Now, the offensive line class also has a bunch of really talented studs that are going to be on campus soon, and those guys are bringing loads of potential. And that, of course, starts with Marquis Anderson, who is, pun intended here, a marquee prospect. This is a kid that already is advanced in terms of his development at this stage of his football career, and he's also going to bring a nasty mentality to the football field. He's extremely aggressive. He is not somebody that is going to lay off of an opposing defender. He is going to play until the whistle blows every single time. This is another guy, kind of like Desmond Yumi Zulu, who I would not be surprised if he contends for playing time in year one. You've also got Trevon Ba and the bear paws that he has. Once he gets his hands on guys, it's hard for those defenders to get away scot-free. And he's also really good at moving up the field. Oluwatisimbabalade, or Tree as people like to call him. He has great lateral quickness and grip strength, which... If he can just hone in a few other areas in terms of technique, could make him an all-SEC caliber left tackle. And then, of course, you got Jatavius Shivers, who's got tremendous length, standing at six foot seven, six foot eight, with a tremendous wingspan, and is very consistent in terms of his hand placement. Again, kind of like Javon Ball. Once he gets his hands on guys, it's very hard for those guys to get away from him. So South Carolina's loading up in the trenches. That's the first thing that sticks out about this class and what makes this class so special. Another reason why this class is special is because South Carolina has a variety of playmakers that they got in this class at the skill positions. They did not stack up at just one or two spots. They've got a couple players scattered all over the place on both sides of the ball. You got Grayson Pup Howard at linebacker. This is a guy that's already here practicing with the team before they head on down to Jacksonville to prepare for the Gator Bowl against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He is someone that, of course, has been recruiting a bunch of other prospects on social media since he committed back in the summertime. Was a very productive back in high school. Somebody who is a downhill type of backer but can fly around all over the field, sideline to sideline, can help out in coverage as well. This is another guy that, in my eyes, it will not be long before he sees the field and makes an immediate impact for South Carolina. You got Dontavious Braswell at running back, which gosh knows, when losing Marshawn Lloyd and Christian Bill Smith and Dante Miller all at that spot, you need somebody that is talented that can step right on into that spot and play some snaps right away. Dontavious Braswell is going to do that. This is a kid that is quite fast, runs, I believe, a round 4-4-40 yard dash, which is lightning quick when he's on the football field. And he's also going to bring some college-ready size as he stands around 5'11", 200 pounds, according to his recruiting profile, depending on where you look. You've also got Kelton Henderson, wide receiver out of Florida. This is a wideout who is just a flat-out ball player. He's a guy that when he gets the ball in his hands, he makes something happen more often than not. Not to say that, of course, he's going to be a home run threat every single time, but in terms of making explosive plays out of minuscule play calls like screen passes or something behind the line of scrimmage, Kelton Henderson is your guy. He is someone that 
can do a bevy of things out wide, and he's going to play a big part in this offense. And then you got Fakari Swain, who the Gamecocks managed to fend off Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes for. He's going to play cornerback and wide receiver. He's a fantastic athlete, and... You know, quite honestly, he might have a choice of which position he wants to play. We'll have to see what happens, of course, once he gets to campus here at South Carolina. The last reason this class is so special, make no mistake about it, this was not a recruiting class that fell into South Carolina's lap, you know, where South Carolina just basically cherry-picked a bunch of players that the bigger programs in college football or the perceived bigger programs did not want or maybe just didn't have room for. They earned a lot of the top prospects in their recruiting class. Marquis Anderson, North Carolina Mac Brown were fighting like heck to get him at the end. South Carolina won out of the end. Grayson Howard comes from the state of Florida. Florida was dying to get Grayson Howard in their class. Their fans thought they would be able to flip him at some point. And, of course, that was not the case at the end of the day. Xavier McLeod. Georgia was pushing real hard for him when he committed to South Carolina. Then Miami tried to sneak in and backdoor this whole thing at the very tail end of his recruitment. Owatis and Babalade, the home state of Maryland, tried to get him. Elijah Davis, Tennessee, tried to make a move here in the last few weeks. Jalen Kilgore, offered by teams like Clemson and Oklahoma. Oklahoma especially tried to make a move after South Carolina was the first big program that really discovered Jalen Kilgore. Reed McKeska was committed to Clemson, then committed to Miami. South Carolina never gave up. They flipped him the day before early National Signing Day started. And then, of course, Vakari Swain. They discovered him earlier this year, got him to commit. And Deion Primetime Sanders, no matter what you think about Colorado's football program, Deion's a big name when it comes to this sport. He carries a lot of cachet with defensive back prospects like Vakari Swain. And to keep him and get him to sign to South Carolina over primetime Deion Sanders and not even push his decision back to February per se, that's a big win for South Carolina. It tells you already that at least in these 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, in their minds, the perception of South Carolina is already changing. And I'm going to talk about how this recruiting class, as much as it could help South Carolina change their perception, their outlook, on the field over the next couple years, it could also serve as a catalyst for the last couple targets in this class and also, subsequently, the targets for the 2024 recruiting class. We're going to dive into all of that in greater detail in just a few moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. But before we get into all of that, I do want to let you all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. South Carolina is facing Western Kentucky later tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, on the SEC Network, which you can find on Sling TV. South Carolina is a three-point underdog against Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is a real solid team. Last I checked, I believe they were 8-3 and three or 8-4, and four, and I believe that is their record they're carrying coming into this game. So South Carolina is going to have to bring it tonight. If you think the Gamecocks are going to come out the gates hot, try to defend their home court, and they're going to have a good shooting night, then obviously take them to cover the spread and also win the game. If you think South Carolina is just in such a massive funk right now that uh, they're not going to be able to find a way to beat Western Kentucky, then obviously you can take Western Kentucky to cover. Whatever you're feeling, just remember that Bet Online is your number one source for sports, betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Football, basketball, soccer, and esports. Bet Online has got it all, including sports podcasts, which you can find at Bet Online as well. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. So head over to the website today 
or use your mobile device to learn more because bet online is where the game starts Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Thank you once again for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen or watch every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today where the biggest stories around the sports world take place in 20 minutes or less. Plus, instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast daily. Now, while the South Carolina Gamecocks have the majority of their 2023 targets securely in their recruiting class, there are still a couple more players out there that the Gamecocks are going to try to reel in before or right at the February National Signing Day. The first one, obviously, is Lenora Sellers, a kid that we have now talked about a couple of times on this show recently. John Garcia Jr., of course, was on the show on Wednesday, and when he was talking about Lenora Sellers, he said that he felt like the more time was passing on recently, the more it seems like that Lenora Sellers is leaning towards picking South Carolina at the end. And it seems like that Lenora Sellers is... Having such a tug of war in his mind regarding whether or not he wants to stick with Syracuse or stay home and play for the Gamecocks, that according to Phil Kornblut of Sports Talk Media Network on social media, he has decided to push his decision back to the same time as his announcement. Lenora Sellers was originally planning to make a decision on Wednesday, but sign and announce subsequently on Friday. Now he's just decided that he is going to do both in the same day. So a quick update on that. If you ask me right now, where do you think it's going to go? I would say Lenora Sellers is going to end up flipping to South Carolina. I think the home appeal is just going to be too much for him to turn down at the end of the day. Now, another prospect, of course, to watch moving forward will be Nicholas Harbor out of the Washington, D.C. area. Now, Nicholas Harbor, to make it abundantly clear, he is not signing during the early National Signing Day period. He is going to be signing later on in February, which again, as John Garcia Jr. and I talked about on the Wednesday show, it's probably a good thing for South Carolina because of all of the recent visits he has taken to the home state team in the Maryland Terrapins over in College Park. Now, there was an interesting little factoid that did get put out there on Twitter Wednesday afternoon, as apparently during their National Signing Day coverage on 24-7 Sports, Steve Wiltfong, who is the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports, a guy that's very tied into the industry, has a ton of connections and sources when it comes to this stuff, he was, I think, going over Nicholas Harbor, apparently, and his subsequent recruitment at this current moment, and he made an interesting comment that basically... Nicholas Harper stays in touch the most with South Carolina's players and other subsequent commits who plan to go to South Carolina. Basically, he talks with those guys in a group chat every single day, which apparently is more than he's talking with all the other schools, which obviously, if you're a Gamecock fan, you're hearing that, that sounds like a pretty good sign because it just goes to emphasize that when it comes to at least the relationships aspect of this recruiting battle for Nicholas Harper between South Carolina Michigan and Maryland, I think are the three main contenders at this current point. It seems like South Carolina is winning in that aspect. And obviously South Carolina and their staff, they really try to push the relationship aspect and how much of a family environment they have here 
in Columbia. So just an interesting little fact that I saw from his recruitment on yesterday. So again, plenty of time to see some things change in terms of Nicholas Harbor and his foul decision, which will take place in a month and a half or so. And now the last thing real quickly, Xavion Hardy. He's got a situation going on right now with the NCAA. Now, apparently, in order to have your national letter of intent solidified, I guess, or validate, you have to turn in paperwork to what I believe is called the NCAA Clearinghouse, I think is literally the name for it. And based on what Phil Kornblut said of Sports Talk Media Network on Twitter on Wednesday afternoon, apparently Xavion Hardy may have waited a little bit longer than he should have to turn in that paperwork. So right now, he's waiting for it to be cleared by the NCAA. And the thing is, if it's not cleared by apparently a certain deadline, Xavion Hardy is not going to be able to sign early with South Carolina, which would also therefore mean he probably would not be able to enroll early at South Carolina. Therefore, he wouldn't be able to sign until he got all the way into February. So for Xavion Hardy, if he's trying to get here to campus early, then he's going to have to hope this stuff gets cleared up pretty soon. But as we have seen multiple times now over the years from the NCAA, especially with stuff like this that they might view to be somewhat minuscule, they like to take their time sometimes when it comes to these situations. So going to have to just hope for the best there. But needless to say, there's no situation going on with Xavion Hardy. He's not thinking about flipping anywhere as far as I can tell or anything like that. It seems like his commitment to South Carolina is solid. Just got to get that pesky paperwork in on time and hope that it gets approved so that he can get his national letter of intent in and therefore be done with the recruiting process officially. Now, I mentioned earlier, of course, the 2023 recruiting class could be such a big deal for South Carolina in terms of 2024. And there's a couple different reasons why this is going to be the case. Some of the guys in this recruiting class are going to help in terms of recruiting guys for this next year's class and have already been doing so up to this point. Desmond Yumiozulu is a good example. He's been much more active on Twitter in the last couple months trying to help South Carolina, especially with a blue chip prospect and his teammate, Cornerback Braden Lee, who is a big target on the board for South Carolina for this next cycle. Montague Rames is someone who's been, quote, tweeting a lot of South Carolina Gamecock targets over the previous few months or so, trying to let them know, hey, South Carolina is where you need to be. And of course, him being a home state kid coming to play for the hometown program, you love to see that out of Montague Rames. Grayson Howard, I don't really need to get in depth with him. He has been an obvious one for many months now, which, again, is why it's kind of crazy to think that there were some people out there that thought that maybe Florida could try and potentially flip him. Grayson Howard never wavered from that commitment, and he showed that at the minimum with how much he's tried to recruit all these other guys. And then, of course, you got Dante Reno, who, again, kind of like Grayson Howard, don't really have to go in-depth with him. He has done more than enough to show how loyal he already is to South Carolina. And, of course, as of this current moment, Dante Reno isn't even going to be signing any paperwork officially until this next December. So, again, just tells you how much these guys are bought in. And they're going to let these 2024 recruits know. They're going to give them an inside voice from the program, letting them know how the coaches run things, what it's like with all the different aspects of the program, the Doty Academic Center, the nutrition program, the strength and conditioning staff, the athletic training staff. Everything they could possibly think of, they're going to let these guys know. And the thing is, South Carolina is already in great position for a bunch of these 2024 prospects. Some guys 
that might not be waiting too long to commit to the Gamecocks. Of course, you got Michael Smith, a tight end out of Savannah, Georgia. You got Josiah Thompson out of Dillon, South Carolina. Dillon Stewart from the DMV region. South Carolina has been the perceived leader for him for a good while. Wendell Gregory, a linebacker from 2024. Heaven Brown Schuler out of Atlanta. Maisie O'Bennett, of course, out of Greenville. And Cam Pringle out of Woodland High School. And this is where things are starting to get interesting because it was reported once again by Phil Kornblut of Sports Talk Media Network that Cam Pringle is going to be potentially making his final decision soon. As he said that Cam Pringle is apparently going to announce a commitment sometime in the third week of January, basically sometime between January 20th and the 24th. He also mentioned in the tweet that South Carolina and Clemson, the two obviously big in-state programs here, seem to be the primary contenders for his services. Cam Pringle has obviously visited both programs several times. I do believe that, if I can recall correctly, he was on hand for South Carolina, defeating the Tigers for the first time in eight tries back in late November. So obviously, you have to think that, while it's probably not maybe a deal-breaker, that that had to help South Carolina's case at least a little bit to show Cam Pringle that, hey, listen, you come to South Carolina, we're getting things going down the offensive side of the ball. We're starting to see what this team could potentially do. And look, we're catching up to the top programs in the sport. We just knocked off Clemson. We knocked off Tennessee the week prior. You come here, you can make an even bigger difference and help us get over the hump here. So again, right now, I couldn't really tell y'all where I think he's going to go. I would say that South Carolina has done about everything they could possibly do to put themselves in a good position. But of course, when it comes to Clemson, they have reeled in their fair share of good prospects, really solid prospects for the last several years now. So we're going to have to keep up with this one over the next few weeks because, again, going to be a big, big bragging rights type of recruiting battle here between the Gamecocks and the Tigers for the next couple of years. Okay, so obviously there's been a lot going on the last couple days and will continue for the next couple days regarding early national signing day and all this recruiting for South Carolina. But the other thing is South Carolina's also got to prepare for a bowl game. They got to get ready to face off against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And of course, this coaching staff is going to start looking ahead to the spring period to see, you know, who all could they have? Who all are they still going to go after maybe to finish out this whole thing? So here's a few notes that I took from Shane Beamer's press conference that he had on Wednesday afternoon. 15 commits as of this moment in time are going to be early enrollees and participate in spring practice. Don't know which ones yet, but obviously a pretty solid number considering, again, I believe that it's 22 high school prospects that this team currently has committed and signed at this moment in time. Love a C.A. Carroll running back out of that room for South Carolina is missing the bowl game due to injury. And Jalen Brooks, who's had a really solid season at the wide receiver position for the Gamecocks, is dealing with what Beamer described as a quote-unquote off-field issue. And he said that it's to be determined whether or not he'll play in the Gator Bowl. Not going to speculate on that, but it does seem like that there's something legit going on there that could potentially prevent Jalen Brooks from playing his final game for South Carolina. That would, of course, really suck, especially if it's not something that he's maybe gotten in trouble for. So hopefully, if it's something that can be worked out, that is indeed what ends up being the result here. So Jalen Brooks can indeed play his final game in the guard in black uniform. Devonnie Reed, safety from the defensive side of the ball and right tackle Dylan Wonham. 
They're both officially moving on from the football program. Devonnie Reed announced on Twitter, I believe on Tuesday, that he was declaring for the NFL draft. And Dylan, one of my guests apparently also did the same thing. I literally never saw a thing from him on social media, so I'm not sure when exactly got put out there, but apparently Dylan Wanham is moving on as well. And so right now, the Gamecocks need to find a new starter at the right tackle position. And according to Coach Beamer, the two names he threw out there were Tyshawn Wanamaker and Kaysen Henry. Kaysen Henry is a true freshman, but offers a big frame. He's a good athlete for his size. And again, like a lot of these other guys that Greg Atkins continues to bring into the fold here, he's extremely aggressive and has a ruthless mentality when he's in between the white lines going up against an opposing defender. So... Obviously, he's got that working for him, but he is a true freshman still. Tyshawn Wanamaker, from an experience standpoint, should be the favorite to probably start at that spot. But Tyshawn Wanamaker has struggled with consistency at times early on in his collegiate career. So who knows? If he's still having issues with that up to this point in just practice, maybe the coaches are thinking, you know, hey, let's see what the young buck Case and Henry could do. Or maybe there's someone else that sneaks up out of nowhere that ends up starting at right tackle. There's a bunch of things that could happen between now and December 30th. And then the last note from the press conference Jordan Strawn, who suffered a season-ending ACL tear back in Week 2 against Arkansas, what was a devastating and just really heartbreaking injury to see. Obviously, you don't ever want anyone to get hurt, period. But for Jordan Strawn, who had come back this year to be the starter in that edge position and to see it end like that, just really and truthfully felt bad for him. And obviously, hope his recovery has been going well. But Shane Beamer did allude to the fact that Jordan Stroud, it seems like, is trying to apply for a medical waiver from the NCAA to try and come back for a seventh season. He would have exhausted all of his eligibility this year if he never had the injury, but again, the injury took place. Obviously, he played like a game and a half, so I would be stunned, quite frankly, if the way the NCAA does things these days and just kind of wipe their hands clean, they don't end up sending this medical waiver on through and accept it and approve it for Jordan Strong to come back. I would be very surprised if that was the case. So he used to say that process, it sounds like, has officially begun. So hopefully Jordan Strong's recovery is going well so that maybe he could at least be a limited participant in spring practice when that time rolls around. But with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are y'all's thoughts on early National Signing Day? What is the one statement that you would make to describe this signing class and what you think their impact could be moving forward? What are your thoughts on the Lenora Sellers and Nicholas Harbor recruitments? How do you think those two recruitments would end up at this current moment? What do you think of Cam Pringle announcing a decision potentially sometime late next month? And lastly, what do you think of everything Shane Beamer said at his press conference regarding the upcoming bowl game and how things are with the team right now? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube, or you can shoot me a message at A-Line underscore SC on Twitter. I'll try to respond to it as quickly as I see it. And once again, don't forget to make Locked On Sports today your second listen or watch now that you have watched or listened to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. <laughs>